Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. This week I was brave because I got a new haircut. And no, I don't think necessarily that having your haircut is a brave thing. It's mostly just an excuse to talk to you about my relationship with haircuts, I guess. <laughs> I basically had the same hairdresser for ever since I got my first haircut. I can't really remember when that happened, but I've always had the same hairdresser back in Portugal. Which is like really cool, I really like her and I always liked what she did with my hair. And she knows me and my hair better than I know them myself. <laughs> Definitely my hair. She knows what my hair does probably better than I do. Because I just don't understand hair, right? It's not my métier. So I soon realized that there was no point in me telling her, hey, I've seen this haircut in a magazine, I want the same haircut. Because the likelihood of my hair doing that might be very small. So what I did with my hair all the time when I wanted a haircut was just tell her, how short I wanted it and then give her free reign to do whatever she wanted with my hair from haircuts to coloring whatever she wanted and I had undercuts before they were trendy I had blue hair I was ginger for maybe a couple of years I loved having ginger hair it's just really hard to maintain the color and to have healthy hair and it's very very expensive to do anything in London really <laughs> and to like, even cut your hair so once I moved to the UK January 2014 to last November I only cut my hair in hairdressing schools they will perform one of three haircuts on you Or you'll have to trust them with doing something that may be in one of the catalogs for new haircuts. Also, I'm not sure if I have the right face for a catalog. But that's another story. And I decided last November that I wanted to get back to having a relationship with a hairdresser. The other brave thing was that we ended up chatting about pretty intimate things, I guess. Like sexual health stuff and sex habits and I was like hey ah, this is the second time I'm meeting you I'm like very open but also why am I telling you this this is too much information you don't want to know another thing we concluded together and then I further concluded in the evening because I ended up in an outdoor sitting area with some friends chatting about contraception because that's just what you do and concluded by the end of the day that The information people have about contraception is very limited. Basically, what everyone knows is that there's this thing called condoms. That's a barrier method. It both protects you from sexually transmitted diseases and pregnancies. It's not 100% efficient because they can break. And people with penises don't like wearing them because they're constraining, even though they will fit over your head if you try your actual head at the top of your, of your neck and not your penis head. <laughs> and there's this other thing called the contraceptive pill that usually people with uteruses take. And that is a thing that avoids pregnancies, also not 100%. But it's sort of assumed that in a relationship, the onus of contraception is put on the person with the uterus who has to take the pill. 
and I'm not saying this happens in all relationships, but it's very common. There is very little talk about other methods of contraception you can use, like the coil or like the vasectomy, which can be a method of contraception because they're reversible. So you can just have a, a vasectomy and be happy and marry and fuck around without getting people pregnant. It doesn't, however, protect you from sexually transmitted diseases, which is something else you should have in consideration when you are having sex no matter how long you've been with someone and how monogamous your relationship is because trust is a tricky thing also we don't talk a lot about that but the pill is a method that has associated with it a lot of fucking secondary effects that are really bad there's headaches there's depression there's a bigger chance of having a blood clot than with a fucking AstraZeneca vaccine. Let me know what you prefer, the episodes where I start with a song or the episodes when I go deep into a rant. This episode of Dowdy will give you an insight of how I behave around people who are part of my life on a daily basis. <laughs> It's with someone who knows me very well, so when I usually tend to share experiences that the guest's experience reminded me of, this guest is inside my head <laughs> and will tell you the story himself. And the episode does start slightly different than it usually starts, but you will eventually hear my guest Sham Pennant introducing himself. You can start a podcast. Oh, I, I assume that was it. <laughs> I assume you just were rolling the whole way through. No, I am always rolling, but I chat a little bit with people before, just like to warm up. But you've, you're always warmed up. I mean, it's the what are you warming up for? What are you warming up to do? Is also like if you are just truly going to come as you are and present your like authentic self. Like if I'm having a conversation with someone on the street or in life, I don't need like three minutes of warm up games before we can like interact. If someone says, Oh, Hey Shem, how are you going? I say, well, hold on. Talkie, 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 talkie. Let's zip that up first and then just tell me about but the cool. way the podcast officially starts is I ask my guests to introduce themselves. So that's what I'm going to ask of you. Hi, my name is Shem. I'm the composer of the theme song for this podcast. And hopefully uh, by the end of this, Mariana will sing the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> it's a purely instrumental song. Yeah, I mean, but you could sing over it. And then I asked you if you were going to sing on... This is going to be a very awkward episode because I talk to you all the time. So like, I don't... <laughs> this is artifice. Uh, but yeah, I was asking when you would sing... Uh, for one of your shows because that's uh, one of the things you said that oh it's like difficult for you or would be like an act of like bravery or difficulty and then you didn't on the last one I listened to and you didn't on the one before that so like is there one coming out like in the interim though you do sing or you you just haven't sung at all I haven't sung yet oh great you can just do it now I only recorded one bit after you've suggested mm -hmm. that and I haven't used that so you could sing right now is what you're saying I could but this episode is about you yeah but you'd be that was your cue to just jump in with the melody <laughs> I have no words you want me to sing singing needs to be 
maybe it doesn't need to be with words. No, I mean, I often uh, start with just melodies or nonsense or like just a vibe. And then because of my training, I'm very fond of just starting a thing and then finding out what happens at the end because there's something valuable to that process, which speaks to the notion of being brave because it's not something I'm uh, scared of because like the process is like fine. It's like, oh, there's joy in the discovery and the creation, the act of creation rather than what's being created, but also comes from a place of, uh, you know, I'm already pretty low down on the totem pole, <laughs> if that expression is still okay even. Um, but yeah, like as in if I sing badly or do something or make something that's like bad, it doesn't matter. Like if you have a bad opinion of me at the start of this podcast, it's not going to change. Uh, <laughs> like no one's going to think any worse of me if I like do something or act something or if I'm, uh, if I act ridiculous or do something ridiculous or if I do something good, like either end, it's kind of like a, the net outcome is the same. So there's no like fear attached to doing things like that. Those don't move the needle in terms of what causes me anxiety or like, feel like difficult to do if that's more helpful to you in the format of the show that you're doing <laughs> i don't know like with the singing thing i don't think it's i don't know if it comes from like fear or whatever sometimes it's it, it probably does but uh it's the actual sounds and words that don't come out of my mouth <laughs> uh, but that's interesting because like for context people listening I, I used to be your martial arts instructor and I'd like try and make you sing in Portuguese where that's something where you have an advantage over me. Your Portuguese is, I'm going to say, better than mine. Uh, so, but even then, I would be, happily pick up uh, a drum and start singing in Portuguese before you would, which makes no sense. Yeah, uh, the words in there might be easier, but the melody isn't. And I now know that that doesn't matter and in capoeira i do sing i was also like thinking because you also used to coach my improv team and there was one time that you we were doing like some kind of exercise where we needed to sing i can't remember don't remember anything about improv oh that was a bad coach wow <laughs> <laughs> uh you just to told me something about like singing just nonsense and that was easier than trying to think of words that made sense which is Duh. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I often lean to that side of things with like acting and writing and content creation just because I'm a very cognitive person. Like I'm good with like words and thinking and that sort of thing. So I like to like push towards uh, emotion and feeling and like connecting in that way because that's harder for me. And it's also, um, you know, you feel something before you think it. Like you can tell, I can watch, I can watch something in Korean, a language I don't speak and go, that person's sad. But I, whereas I wouldn't pick up on like a clever, uh, witty observation. So like um, going for that like gut level of connection is easier. How are you doing, by the way? Are you feeling good? I am. Yeah, I gave blood today, and I feel the same that I felt before I gave blood. So yeah, it's good. I did have iron this time. I didn't have enough iron to give blood last time. Do you still have your fingering bandages? I took them out because okay. I had to wash my hands to eat at some point. Perfect. I'm, I'm mixing in some of this being on the podcast with you and so just talking to you uh, as an excuse to do. I would be curious to know, A, when you're going to start asking me questions about bravery and B, <laughs> if this is the lowest rated episode of your show because I feel like that is my, my that's my entire vibe is going on. <laughs> I won't know what's the rate of this show until it's out there. So I can't answer you that question. I mean, I want to know, like, just feedback. Clip out this piece of audio. 
This is the promo that you'll use. Just me saying, this will be the lowest ranked episode of your show. It's not going to beat Will Hines. It's not going to beat Connor and Patrick. I know that for a fact. And then you've had like people like Verona on. You've had some stars. I had Chloe. How would you define bravery? I don't know. Like everyone who comes into a show going, well, it's really, really interesting. Because like, well, it's bravery. How it? Like that kind of whole thing. But then I just don't know what words mean anymore. Because I think there's a certain level of bravery where it's like, you know, doing something like when we say that person is brave and they've done something that's like, you know, or inspiring or difficult, they've like stood up to adversity or challenges or like run into a burning building to like pull someone out of a fire, like brave things. And then a lot of people will go, oh, I like, you know, wore a hat and everyone made fun of me and I still wore a hat. And it's like, okay, yeah, that that's like going, pushing past the fear. But is that the same as being brave? And then, so like, I don't, I, I don't know. Also, it sounds like I'm being dismissive. That's just my tone of voice. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> like, it's truly like I'm open to like uh, anything counting as like being brave. But like, I'm just always fascinated by like divide or like where have you landed on what, like, it's something that is hard for me, like being in a socially anxious situation, like going to a party, is that being brave for me? Or is it when I did something I was like scared of doing, but like brought up all these thoughts and feelings? Um, so yeah. yeah, you have listened to the podcast and the listeners might have listened to this podcast before. Maybe you're here just because of Sham. But yeah, that's why I started by using braveness instead of brave because somehow brave seemed very big to me and braveness seemed like a, a word I have made up, but it is in the dictionary. So I didn't make it up. If you are listening just because of me, just put like improv sucks in the Instagram comments from the post. Uh, for this just a little hashtag improv sucks so just pop it down below i'll count up in the tally it's a good way of me knowing in real time how many people what my pull is i've been doing comedy for like 20 years uh can i get about 10 people to listen to a podcast i'm on and that feels ambitious like <laughs> right there even if i said 10 i was like oh you've overshot <laughs> you don't count and you would be one of the people who might listen to a thing i'm on so <laughs> uh so times i've been brave yes uh so there's small so there's small things fun things and non-fun things so I think about moments when I'm like, oh, no, uh, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, so like, I don't like uh, people. <laughs> uh, so I don't like social situations. I don't like going to parties. I don't like interacting with large crowds. Um, and then just recently someone said, oh, I'm like having like a COVID safe, like birthday party in the park. And we'll like, we'll be sitting out wearing masks and distance and sitting around in like a little circle, uh, like talking. I was like, I absolutely not. I cannot do that. Uh, like I thought about doing it. I got towards my bike. I was like, oh, maybe I could like go. And I was like, no, I can't. Like that was like a real genuine level of anxiety. And then sometimes I have like done those things where like, I've, I used to do a lot of shows and like perform, uh, getting up on stage, screaming at the audience, doing like, a written piece that I'm just improvising on the fly like anything like that easy like doesn't really matter like you know it's just comedy uh but like everything after that where I was like oh we're gonna like hang out afterwards with filming with dread and like the walk from the show to the bar I would just like invent an excuse like I have to leave or go or like oh I need to feed my cats or like whatever and they just like disappear it was like uh, a nightmare and then the few times I would say it would be like how do I engage in conversation with a person which is you know, just terrifying. Partly because I don't have a common frame of reference to like overlap with um, normal people because I grew up with. And then, so like that's a thing where it's like, oh, that causes like anxiety. And then they have a specific thing that I thought of when it's like, oh, this took like, um, was a thing that was like a mental hurdle for me to do that was brave, but it's not like fun to talk about. But that's uh, when I used to live in the media street in um, Edmund Castle. 
there was a, I used to live on the first floor and then on the ground floor, we would just hear a woman who sounded like, she, uh, just a trigger warning, I'm going to talk about domestic abuse um, and stuff like that. So it sounded like the woman below me was being like abused uh, or like, you know, shouting and like, uh, shouting and crying and like, sounded like an angry little man uh, taking out his frustration on the world, like was below. And I wasn't sure. And I genuinely didn't know if I should like report it to the police or not. And then that brought up all these like, weird like memories and thoughts and feelings because i was like <laughs> uh this is i'm gonna ramble for like three to four minutes and i'm sorry uh like i was abused as a child a bunch like i was like um just both physically and emotionally like all that kind of stuff like in like and like not in like a not like a <laughs> a light way or like a fun way or like online like just no like you were like punched and thrown down the stairs like that was like beyond like just bad stuff and i don't like talking about it partly because people like go all quiet but also partly because then you, you get defined as like that's who you are like you're a person who was like abused and you're like a victim or like a survivor and like, I hate that like I hate uh when that's the whole lens you're being viewed through I watched the Tina Turner documentary uh on HBO uh massive spoilers uh it's a lot about her and the relationship with Ike and then three quarters of the way through she's like and everyone gets kept keeps talking about it or keeps bringing it up and like I, I don't want to be defined by this and like I want to like passing i've done all this stuff and like i people always like focus on that and they it seems like they're empathetic to her point of view until you think back to the previous 75 percent of the documentary they just focused on uh ike and the abuse and all that kind of stuff and like if i like talked about that stuff so much i know like if i die not if when i die uh if i get mentioned at all no matter what i've done i'll be like oh like the the comedian who's like life was brought up with like tragedy and abuse and all that kind of shit and like that kind of stuff is um annoying like to to put it lightly anyway uh back on the abuse don't like it not a fan don't do it uh listening to the people downstairs i was like oh i could like call and like report them and like try to stop it and it was just like all the people who must have heard like because when i was being abused as a child it was not quiet it was like very obvious and i didn't i lived in like um you know housing like flats and things like that, where you can hear things um going on through the door so it's like oh people can like literally hear and they're just choosing not to like do anything or interact or like speak up or speak out or like challenge or confront people and that is that got me so mad when i like thought back to like the people who were just like listening and going, oh we don't want to interfere with this stuff uh, blah, blah 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 so like i was hearing what's going on i was like oh i i can't not do anything like i, I have to uh, so like that involved like talking to the the woman involved, making sure she was like safe, giving her like options or like things to do, like contacting like uh, the appropriate like level of authorities and like people who could be in the care system, and it was like getting past that like level of fear anxiety about doing. It. It's like no, I have to do this thing, um, but that's yeah. So that felt like oh, that felt like close to like being brave, but then that was like no, I have to. So it didn't feel brave. It's like more of a compelled thing to do. And then why bring up the definition of bravery? Because if it's like, you know, like buildings on fire, you need to like run and pick people up or like do that kind of stuff. That stuff is, doesn't feel like a choice. It feels like things you have to do. I think about the many times I've been in like <laughs> fights or when someone has been like accosted someone or like done something and they've just like run and stepped in like, no, I'll stop this out. And like, it's, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't run and like get involved in a fight, especially if you are like me, uh, I can be a big softy, a very meek man. But if like, something like that is happening i just have to stop it or like um that instinct to like protect or like do things that you feel are like kind of right or speak up that 
kind of comes automatically. Um, so it doesn't feel like brave. Whereas <laughs> I get a lot more. So doing that is like fine, but I get like very angsty when it's like, um, you know, let's hang out at the party. If I had to be with you who I speak to every day and like three other people, it's too much. Like I, I couldn't handle it. Um, I'm sorry. I've just spoken for like way too long. Uh, <laughs> That's fine, because that's what the podcast is about, is for my guests to talk. I talk on it every week. But I've seen you stay after shows and talk to people. I've seen you tell me to do that when I'm incapable of doing it. And in, again, in the same way that I'm not able to sing, like just before when you told me to sing. In that same way that words don't come out, I also can't speak to people sometimes, like after a show. But you can now i've seen you do that so many times what are do you have tools to do that i <laughs> uh i just like suffer through it i guess uh, which is unhealthy and bad like there are there are better ways of like uh dealing with it or it's just you just flip over into performance um and it's just like i'm just gonna listen his thing uh none of my friends know anything about me or my life uh, <laughs> and um i have a reputation of being like you know he listens and he's caring that's because i just don't want to talk about myself uh, and it's like uh anxiety inducing so i'd much rather just be in the room for the people and listen to them so that's my main thing is i'll just like listen to what people are doing uh and then help out or like uh, absorb the information they're saying and then the next time i like meet them it's like oh i remember all the stuff you said from last time here's it back to you uh, and then lis i'll listen to you more like i don't want to like uh interact in that way and that's you know my main coping mechanism for the uh, perpetual uh, dread of existence. <laughs> But what about when you haven't met someone, when people are like in a group and you haven't met them before? <laughs> Do you just stand around listening? Yeah, mostly. I was listening or like, pick, uh, so like I took a lot of like improv and performance-based like uh, classes and workshops, things like that to learn how to be around people. Like getting up on stage and being funny was like fine, like that trying to be funny like most of my shows are bad but ignore that but like the getting on the that's that's not true most of his shows are very funny <laughs> <laughs> again uh if you see if you see my shows uh and you think they're funny hashtag improv sucks times two uh i want to keep a running tally of who's uh paying attention um but yeah like i thought it was really interesting to yeah so it was like kind of what do I need to do to like be around people and like interact with people? So like all the things I did, like a lot of like weird Chicago act three style improv where you're listening and like reacting and looking at people's bodies and the way they like move and like shift and like shift, like even the way like your body is now where you're like moving from side to side and you've like pursed your lips and you're like, like I, I'm reading all that as like, that's like a tone or an energy. And if you like shift, because I've mentioned it, then you like shift energies again. because like now you're aware and now you're aware of being aware. like that kind of layers of reading people that's the same focus i bring on stage like i'm just doing that when i'm in a conversation with like uh strangers or someone i don't know um which feels like something a sociopath would do i was just going to say that's why you're always tired <laughs> <laughs> that's too much yes yeah, no uh I, hey being me don't recommend it like it hundred <laughs> percent just be someone else like it's uh if, if you can uh and you are someone else listening to this so you can so like you, well done but i'm i'm trapped in this Also, the way I'm moving, it's because I'm sitting on a yoga ball, which I didn't used to sit on when I was recording podcasts because I feel like it's distracting. But my chair is noisy, so I'll just sit on a yoga ball and keep moving mm -hmm. all the time. 
So I'm sorry to my guests. Solid core. It's great. How do you feel you've grown as a person doing this show? No, no. <laughs> Difficult questions. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've... I've um, like when I started the show, if someone had, asked, ever, had ever asked me if I... Or if someone had asked me if I was brave or if I had been brave, I'd probably say no. Yeah, maybe my definition of bravery has also changed slightly over the the show, but I'm also more, I think I am more able to see that I do things despite being uncomfortable or scared about doing them. And that's probably cool. <laughs> I don't know, I think uh, ah, makes me see myself with kinder eyes which is wow. very hard for me finally <laughs> perfect <laughs> this is very exciting i find my favorite not my favorite bit but the part, the part i find most interesting am i the guest who's listened to your show the most is what i need to know probably wow this is exciting <laughs> uh it's like your say this for your anniversary episode <laughs> it's, just, it's like when mike particularly asked pete holmes a bunch of questions uh but yeah like I find it really interesting when you introduce it at the top because that's just you talking in isolation and that's fascinating because there's no one to bounce ideas off. It's just you in the ether talking to no reaction, expanding on your sense of humour and what you think is funny or interesting. Uh, and it's like an authentic uh, bite of your, or nugget of like your voice at the top of the show, uh, which is interesting to see how much it's like changed or like uh, developed or become like more clear or nuanced, um, which is like, you know, fun and good to see because uh, especially if i'd asked you like at the start or before the podcast or in the middle of your other podcast <laughs> you're like oh i don't know i don't know i couldn't do that what, what's my voice uh, and now it's like so like uh defined um that like i can picture what the opening to this show would be <laughs> um uh, is isn't like i have an idea of what your voice sounds like and what like uh, a joke that you would tell would sound like uh, a story you would tell would sound like and your like approach and tone to comedy which is great like that's that's all anyone can ever ask for it is slightly easier to do that when you are alone in your room <laughs> which is what i do when i'm recording the intros but yes uh, i also like when i was recording the last intro i also thought to myself that I was letting myself get angry because I was angry about the thing I was recording so I was letting myself like get feel the emotions and speak the emotions which I which I wasn't I wasn't doing at the start it was the 40th episode so I didn't do that on the first episode <laughs> so I also feel like it's like changed throughout um, the recording of the podcast will you bring that energy with you to the stage when you're next like performing hopefully uh, <laughs> the when I'm next next performing is probably next weekend, but that will be online. Uh, but yes, on stage, I hope so. Uh, uh, it's just like feels like it's been so long, and that it's still a long time to go before I can comfortably be on stage uh, because of COVID, not because of. Uh, performance oh you have covered over there wow um yeah no i i get it's been a while but also i feel like um the interactions that you're having online or dealing with like your shows or your podcasts or interacting with people it's like it's you creating ideas and being funny with them 
um, which is all performance here. It's like, yeah, there's like an audience of 10 or 20 or 30 or like 100 versus an audience. Or like two people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, I've been above the horse and stables performing to like, <laughs> I, I did a show in the horse and stables and I performed to like three people. And it was like wild. But one of those three people was going to be in Star Wars and became a good friend of mine. So it was like, uh, you know, it's just always worth doing shows. One of the things that you said about me that was nice, I uh, went back when you used to uh, watch me perform. For context, I used to perform in the show every Sunday. Uh, and Marianne would just come and like watch and take photos. Uh, and then eventually you performed and uh, I was funnier than everyone. Um, but the funnier than a lot of people. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, funny and everyone once I'd left. Um, but then <laughs> what, uh, I think was helpful was like, even when I was like, the show was like bad and then come together, you always say, uh, the thing about you is you, you're never lazy. Like you're always like trying to like do the thing. You never like give up, like, uh, if a joke is funny or not funny or like a scene is good or not, or not good, you're always like a hundred percent trying. And that I feel is the case. Like when I'm performing to like, uh, if you were, you know, a famous podcaster or like whatever, or like someone I was like really trying to impress or like there was like a bunch of you or this was like a big show, I would be saying the same things. Like I'm bringing the same amount of, this is all I have. <laughs> uh, like this, whether or not it's good or bad, uh, let me know. Again, can look at those comments, look at those download <laughs> figures. Uh, I'm, 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 Improv sucks times three. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm going to say you're going to get a sweet... <laughs> downloads for this uh but <laughs> there's been some that had like <laughs> downloads so yeah <coughs> no the hi the highest listened episode is actually <laughs> then like the ones that have more listens in the shortest shortest amount of time it was <coughs> okay so i think i think the secret to your success is white people like that <laughs> Hey, it's the secret to mine. Anytime I do something... Right after... <laughs> it's... Oh, white people love... <laughs> like, have you have you not seen... <laughs> you just beep out. <laughs> Keep this in. Just beep out the numbers. <laughs> oh, another thing I find, like, brave or, like, hard or difficult to, like, deal with is talking about things like race uh like i never did it i hate doing it i hate being like defined as like oh you are this ethnicity of comedian you'd make this type of joke and then we'll put you in this bucket not because i'm ashamed uh or like don't want to like talk about those things but it was like just seeing th the world through the narrow lens which is stupid if you're listening and you're not white i'm i'm sorry like just the world is shitty but like um don't do that <laughs> like i'm old it, it was a bad time now it's much much easier uh, for people coming up uh who are like uh queer or non-binary or like you know bipoc um to like just express themselves but i had this really big block in my work for ages where i wouldn't like write about things and it was like hard um to like pitch a sketch or like talk about something uh or like do content where it was like this is coming from my experience as a non-white person uh just because i didn't want to be seen in that lens or like I, I know the way people get when it's like, oh, it was like you couldn't book two brown comics next to each other on a night or you couldn't have two like women uh, performing uh, side by side in a comedy bill. This is back like 20 years ago. Um, so it's like, yeah, the world sucks. And then gradually, so I become more comfortable with the idea of expressing the full extent uh, of myself and who I am. 
and like that is like a real like even now it like it feels like hard to talk about but i've become more and more comfortable expressing myself in that regard that's the thing where it's like oh this is like something to overcome which is what we're using as our proxy for braveness <laughs> um <laughs> another proxy for braveness is self-love um which is like hard like i could not if someone said <laughs> send a photo of you looking sexy i'm like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> there's no realm in which i can like uh do that um everyone who's attracted to me has been tricked <laughs> because like I've, I've told two or three uh amusing lines and one good story and they're like oh he's kind of nice i guess or he's not as bad as every other man on the planet but no one is like oh for me like there's a part of my brain where i can't i can't think of someone conceiving and this isn't external like it's not i don't care what other people think but it's more i can't imagine like an external eye looking at me uh and seeing a reason for love and i also can't look at myself in the mirror and think oh like i'm doing this for me or like i must um enjoy myself or like celebrate who i am as a person uh so that's hard which is also why like i (laughs) i organized with the help of <laughs> you and someone else and this national improv festival and it was just so like badly run and racist uh, and upsetting i just had like a, a break in the middle of it like i literally went nuts uh i was like so annoyed and i just stopped like <laughs> wearing clothes uh and like just in the middle of that i got so like annoyed with the world i just literally just wore the same thing for like a solid year <laughs> like i just <laughs> had like two three identical black hoodies and i just would cycle through them like every single day so i was just like had given up uh like it was so like just crushed by uh that and like slowly as i came out of that i was like oh it's okay to like like yourself or like enjoy (laughs) life uh, a bit more like and so like it's um it's something reminds me of your early stand-up material where you talk about all your shoes you have and all the clothing you'd wear and how you like bright colorful clothing as a move of like celebrating yourself and your individuality uh, and like being more in love with your body, which is a way in which I was picking up inspirations, almost too strong a word, but I'm going to use it like inspiration from your work and like, Oh, look at how she's like growing and talking about herself and like um, being honest and being vulnerable. Oh, that's inspiring. I should do that more with uh, the work I'm doing and pulling out. But that was like, yeah, helpful. And that's why it's good to like uh, talk and listen to other people because then they can inspire you and be interesting and you don't have to do anything. You just have to sit there and listen to them talk about shoes. <laughs> and then that's a catalyst for change within yourself. Again, I've been talking for far too long and normally you chip in way more. Yeah, I was just going to chip in saying that you can also then help someone move and complain about the number of shoes they have. <laughs> so the shoes, shoes can be a... a an impetus for a uh, good change in you, but also a nuisance when you're trying to help someone move. Yeah, I mean, I think having a lot of shoes is a good, like, starting point for inspiration for stand-up material. But once you've written the joke, you can get rid of the shoes. Like, you don't need to hold on to. Uh, I'm currently listening. Have... I'm, I'm looking at 20 jackets all piled on top of each other in the background. <laughs> but that's just because I'm untidy and... That's just my exercise clothing. <laughs> just stays there. Uh, but I do have like, I don't know, four pairs of shoes that I haven't worn since I brought them inside of this house five years ago. Since so you brought I them inside? Of them. Or did I bring them inside? <laughs> you brought them inside. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll think about getting rid of them the next time I move. Also, just because, uh, to just, 
I'm also aware that I'm full of shit. I'm in a room surrounded by like 17 guitars and like synthesizers <laughs> and things like that. Like I have too much stuff as well. Like that's the thing I was saying. Like every time I'm in, and this is maybe bad or like there's a bad version of this behavior I'm about to describe. And then what I'm doing is not that. <laughs> but when I'm talking to you, I'm often talking to myself. So if I'm like saying, hey, like, go join the party, talk to people, enjoy yourself. I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. Like, it's like a reminder of myself, I can like just go and like do these things and enjoy them. Uh, and it's not like, uh, you must do these things. It's more like saying it out loud makes me um, realize how ridiculous it is. I don't like uh, partake or like get over those fears and like try them. Uh, there is a version of that which is terrible, bad behavior. So if you're doing that, stop. Uh, but... <laughs> also just like to to tell people that i do uh, appreciate when you push me to do things because you don't actually like push violently <laughs> you don't you're like really nice i really like you as you know uh, so yeah i appreciate Beat that uh, <laughs> were there moments in your life in which you haven't done th- stuff for like a bravery you like touched upon some things that you took you, took you longer to do so i guess those are examples of that but are there like other examples oh, yeah. of it that you can think so of? there's stuff where it's like the lighthearted stuff where it's like talking about like in my material or my work uh that was like took forever like i didn't talk about uh i didn't talk about race for the longest time i didn't talk about like sex or sexuality partly because like you know who wants to hear about <laughs> who wants to hear about my my sex life isn't funny <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a lot of people going that was that was all right that's not bad seven out of ten that's not funny like if it was just just solid b pluses uh that's not the stuff that comedy is made of so like that's uh stuff was like well who's on top of that or i don't talk about like uh i have like a weird religious upbringing where i grew up in the way like you know uh concentrated religious environment had all these experiences but then when I talk about them, people like there's like a lot of judgment that people stop listening and they start like um, just saying a bunch of stuff in their head, and it like takes them out of the material and they can't like it pulls me away from uh, connecting to people. Um, so that's bad because then a lot of my material goes the other direction where it's just abstract experiences I've had and it hasn't it doesn't have a human connection with people. So those moments speak to me, and then there's just advocating uh, for more things that I like or want to do or don't want to do even like the power to say no uh, is so important We're like no i don't enjoy this this is bad uh i must go like there's a lot of times where i've just like not done that um and i'm starting to do that more partly because i'm old uh so it's like you know i i have i'm i'm aggressively aware of the time i have left on this earth uh and what i'm doing with it so it's like i i don't want to be in a nightclub with a bunch of friends from Sri Lanka listening to garage music in tamil like that's i'm wow. done i'm done those days are behind me that's a very specific experience gas club leicester square 2001 <laughs> bad times <laughs> bad bad like taking the na all the way back into south woodford uh on like three hours on the bus and it's just like this is awful <laughs> like it's just, why are we doing this and it's like i'm scared of being like alone and stuff like do, just doing stuff like that like that's fine now oh also being myself is hard what do i mean by that um so like i do a lot of content creation and i'm like uh i write or i'm behind the camera or i'm doing and directing or like producing stuff um i don't like just being like me uh like 
I wouldn't just like post a picture of my face on Instagram or like just uh, be myself talking about something or like even when I'm doing a character, it becomes like dialed up to 120% and really aggressive and like preposterous because if I'm just talking to myself, that feels uncomfortable or weird. Um, so like pushing myself to do more things like that, like uh, acting in someone's, I'm acting in something next whenever it doesn't matter like sometime in may i'm acting in a in a sketch or something and it's like oh that that feels hard to do but it's like a good challenge i took an acting class so i could like push myself to like be more present and visible like i'm not in (laughs) most of my content and like the invisible hand (laughs) which um is fine like it's not like i'm a great actor but i want it to be a choice from competence not from fear uh, so that's uh, helpful. Your last, I don't know if it's your last piece of content because you create content all the time, every day, but you, the video you posted where you were chat-chat-chat-hanks, it's you, just you. Oh, it's me, Topless. It's, terif- it's not you. It's me, Topless. It was terrifying. <laughs> it's not you because you are playing chat-hanks, but it's you, Topless, yes. Yeah, that was weird to do because it was like, I have this idea, I think it's funny, There's, I'm the only... I live with a middle-aged white woman. She probably can't play this part. <laughs> it's not true. She could play this part. She'd be very uncomfortable <laughs> doing it. Uh, so I was just like, I guess I, I I will either do this or let this idea die. And like I thought of it like the day before, but got like too in my head about it and just tired. So I was like, I'm just going to do it and then edit it and put it out. I did like the proper writing, recording, editing, and then published it all in the space of about two hours. So I didn't have time to like, stress about it and that was interesting because like the thing i feared most happened was that people liked it so i had to like deal with <laughs> a bunch of people saying like nice things which is like my nightmare like just truly really having to like deal with compliments i don't know how you do it you are uh the only person the only guest i've had that was a previous guests uh, this is very hard for me to say my tongue doesn't like this uh, grouping of words you are the only guest who's one of the previous guests has given as an example of someone they think is brave uh, did that make sense i think it did yeah Chloe, so Chloe that's gave one me a of the shout th- yes well if i mention like Lindsay is someone i think is brave uh well that like bring your podcast to an end like it's like a perfect loop <laughs> i think mariana's very brave we haven't got to that part yet so save your your is that my plugs people <laughs> plug yes you're plugging people rate and review mariana as brave just give her five stars on itunes and say very brave hashtag impro sucks like is there anything coming up in your future for which you will have to be brave yeah oh so like <laughs> I oh this song I probably shouldn't say on there, but fortunately was it ah. people are gonna listen to this? Uh another beep mark the edit point. <laughs> <laughs> just keep them all in, which <laughs> is every time I say uh just beep them out. And like a fun beep too. Did you do a beep for Connor? Uh and I did. Yeah. I did two different beeps because it was they were two different names. Yeah, loved it. Like uh great post production skills. Like but yeah, uh, so like I, I allegedly, uh, potentially maybe could work for a company where I am just, I'm doing work that's beneath me. Like the level of where I should be 
uh, is not where I am. And I don't like advocate for myself or push myself because I'm just like, oh, it's okay. Like I'm just trying along, doing my job. It's like, fine, who cares? Uh, my passion is making things. I'll like hum along. And then sometimes I interact with people who are massively incompetent uh, and it becomes like an issue where it's like, oh, this is upsetting. And like if, if I were in charge, able to do things, it would be less upsetting or it would be good because I know how to like organize like the job that needs doing, I know how to do. But the advocating for myself or going to like the people who need to be told, hey, let me do this job. That's that's so unlike me. That's not like a thing I would do. Um, I hate what I'm about to say is wrong, probably. And if I get it wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, the spirit of which I'm trying to say, I hope is correct. Um, so one of the things about... Um, gender pay disparities is sometimes you'll start people off and you'll pay like the man twenty thousand dollars and you'll pay the woman twenty thousand dollars and then at the start maybe sometimes there's an end to the sentence and then at the salary negotiation rounds the man will you'll offer them you'll offer them both twenty four thousand and then the woman will like take it because uh, that's why they've been conditioned and the men will go no i'm worth like 28 even if they're not as good uh they'll just like push for more money or they demand more things or they'll come mid-cycle and say no, actually, you know, give me more money. And then that that's one of the things that perpetuates um, income disparities is people, uh, men have been socialized to be more aggressive about like dem- demanding the things that they think they deserve. Uh, and I'm not like that as a person. So it's hard to like do it. And like, I've seen it like with a lot of the companies I work for, where a lot of the women I work around just don't like push for the change or like push to like be in the positions they are or like um, put up with shit they shouldn't do. And also like, and this Again, that may not always be strictly the case, and I'm not saying it's good or it's their fault. Create a structure where people can succeed. Uh, that's very clear. It's so hard to like talk <laughs> uh, with nuance. Uh, it's like I interrupt every sentence with a caveat. But like the point I'm making is advocating for yourself is something that like people from BIPOC uh, and non-male communities need to do more and should like do more. Uh, and like it's hard when they like don't and like I find it like hard to like advocate for myself and they also see very mediocre uh, white people uh, who will just like aggressively push themselves on things they're not qualified to do fuck up and then go oh, what was I supposed to do be qualified uh, so it's like wild um, and then that's been happening a bunch uh, over the past like year and a half and I keep thinking like oh I should like you know speak up for myself um, so that's like something coming up in the future that's good. I, <laughs> yeah, that's a hard thing to do. Uh, I find it true. What's coming up that you're going to be brave about? Is that going to be covered in your intro? Is that the song you're going to sing? Or like my intro is about things I've done that are maybe it will be covered in my intro at some point. But I have, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm going into in in circles. But I have told in like the the body of the episode before that I was meant to break up with my therapist and then mentioned it again mm-hmm. in the intro so that thing happens if people listen to all episodes they probably just listen to me repeat myself over and over again but a thing i was thinking today and again i repeat this a lot and you've heard me say this a lot is that i probably should get myself on a bicycle and actually cycle uh, and try to be a confidence cyclist because it will be so much better <laughs> for my life. Uh, I went to Walthamstow today 
mm-hmm. to give blood because I did decided I wanted to give blood like in a place I don't usually go to as an excuse to walk around. And they had this like street art thing, like a bunch of walls like they have in Astoria. And I was walking around looking at them and I thought, oh, a bicycle would be way nicer. Also, Walthamstow is actually like a nice place. And I thought I could possibly live here, but it's further away. And maybe having a bicycle will make it easier for me to live in different pl- places. Is Walthamstow uh, nice now? Oh, it didn't used to be. Yeah. It's just gentrification is nuts. Like I can't keep up with where like all the shitty neighborhoods have like migrated to. It feels like yeah, it's migrating to Walthamstow, Leighton, and Leytonstone. It's the places where people can afford living better now. It's already very expensive. I. S- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought you could start singing. <laughs> I thought I could trick you into like just being taken with Melody. I can't do anything else that isn't like la 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 la. You could just rap. You could do like some. You could freestyle over the top of it. Have you had Steve Genty on? No. You should. He's promoting his new album. He knows who you are. He's a nice guy. Loves the pod. Good guest. Great guy. Big fan. And you won't make me sing. I mean, if you, like, tell him that you're, like, uh, it'll be brave and you're, like, wanting to get into, like, rapping, he'll, like, torture you about it. Um, or uh, You've heard me, you also have heard me try to beatbox before. Uh, I mean, I've heard you blow air into your fist. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh Again, again, no, I, I don't mean to nitpick, but it seems like you've not heard what beat popping is. It's not people popping their cheeks. <laughs> I don't know if the whole this genre is the has thing. escaped you. <laughs> I know this is, this is not what beatboxers do either, but this is the only thing I can teach babies <laughs> or kids, toddlers. Uh, uh, I, th- I think you have, you're selling yourself short. You have a lot to teach the children, like... <laughs> I'm sure your niece didn't like just learn that from you and then move on. I also taught her how to burp. See? <laughs> on command. All, see? All these, all, all these mouth sounds. Uh, you're about to burp. Uh. Wait, hold on. I was going to like bring up the music <laughs> so you can know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hidden lyrical track. We are coming to the end of the podcast. How? We uh, haven't talked uh, about anything. I've asked you all the questions. <laughs> and I came with a willingness to chat, so I guess... I will ask you the question that we hinted on before, which is, is there someone, uh, real or fictional, from your own life, or just like someone famous, that you would use as an example of bravery? Um, hmm. You can't say more than one person if you want. I don't know. Like, I hate to like cling to my traditional definition. Though. When I think of brave people, I normally think of <laughs> two of my friends, like, you know, Keith Mulder and Leon Tan, and then just uh for like the boring most basic reasons like one's like a firefighter who like <laughs> works in building right. burning buildings and like will like just go in and like literally save people's lives and like do that kind of work and that and then just deals with it and like that's just so like he, he's one of the reasons why i don't complain about my job or my <laughs> work as much as i could i don't get like down about it because i like i know um just how hard his work can be and like what he has to do and also how he maintains like a balance and reasonably well-rounded life 
um outside of that and he's just like a good like um friend and confidant uh to have um but also i yeah this is all weird um way of saying it but like after the uh grenfell tower like stuff where, where he was at that was like rough on him uh so like we worked together like we like teach uh, martial arts classes and then he was just like i'm feeling a bit like you know uh mentally affected by all this so i need to take a break um for like teaching which was like fine uh, absolutely happy to support him and like i like took over or rearranged the schedule so he wouldn't have to teach as much but that was also like it was the running into a burning building bravery i understand but also being a a, a tough old man and talking about your feelings to me which i'm not like the person you want to talk to your feelings about i'm a sociopath but yeah that was like really nice uh or like that felt like i know how hard that was was to like discuss and talk to you uh me about a feeling so that was like uh generally oh brave person but in that moment it's like oh i can see the the courage it takes to like talk out advocate for yourself or like um express your feelings so that was um uh one way leon's inspired me and then keith is ridiculous like he is uh person i improvise with he does he's a hostage negotiator uh for the police and all cops are bastards especially keith uh, like he's the he's what he's who I think of when I'm chanting that, but he is also uh, a beautiful soul of a person, very empathetic. Um, really opened up my eyes about how to like improvise and perform because it's always like nuance and like listening in the wear and like so in tune with like language and real genuine human connection. And then just works with some of the most harrowing shit I've ever seen. Um, like he. Uh, talk about more about london tragedies i think he was there uh it was, was on the scene for like t- two of the terrorist attacks uh that had happened uh, in london before i left where he was like on the scene like dealing with it like not like i was like oh this is scary it's near my house he's like this is scary it's <laughs> outside my police car it's my job and i'm dealing with it and holy shit and like that was like just like another level of i can't imagine having to like process that or deal with that or like be open about your feelings about it and how it's like making you feel whether it be like um you know sad or like affecting you or like just being clear and being able to communicate that was like wow Keith you're like uh, knocking out of the park that's really 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 impressive and then also <laughs> I'm reminded of when there was a terrorist attack and he had to like go deal with it uh but we had a show <laughs> and so he just couldn't come to the show and he'd like text us and like yeah about like dealing with people like bleeding everywhere and then like we found out on the day and then I just made a joke about it on stage. And like, <laughs> and it crushed. And I was like, thank you, Keith, for this gift. Because <laughs> I also knew he would, like, that wasn't to be insensitive. It was like, that this is what Keith would want. Keith would want me to make fun of him. <laughs> and to, and not to wait until, like, immediately in that moment, just talk about um, uh, how the terrorists are trying to destabilize the London comedy scene. Um, and yeah, it felt like, I, I just love having... Uh, people like Keith and Leon in my life who are like yeah brave uh, in that sense they're people who I think of and then not to bother your bread but then sometimes when I see you do things I think oh it's very brave or like when you're talking and like I I know how much you don't talk uh, so when I see you like expressing yourself like you've suddenly you've gone from like not being on social media just like you just talk all the time you express yourself you'll take all these like photos and like share all these things you're like feeling or doing or like reaching out to people sometimes when people don't reply even which is like the worst feeling in the world because you're like hey I, i'm doing this thing and then everyone's like no thank you uh like that's that's hard like it's uh, uh it's more than i would do uh for a lot of things um and then this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment but it's not 
uh like your aggressive self-promotion <laughs> is like you're not ashamed to like put yourself out there and like think i'm doing these things and i'm trying these things uh this is my art support me um you even like at the end of your show you say give me money <laughs> which is wild i could never no it's fine like i could never these are all things i could not do and i couldn't bring myself to and i'm not brave enough to do so when they see you doing them it's like wow uh all these people i interact with or meet in like first stage of my life um all do these things that i find hard to do and can't do so it's like really really uh, impressive so uh leon keith and mariana uh and that's it sure <laughs> chloe sh shaved their head off and that was pretty brave as well but that's not that's not going to make the cut <laughs> pun for the intended um leon has played a firefighter in uh in a i think it's a series recently so he's he's one and he's playing one in a fictional <laughs> wow, he's not only in the background but <laughs> have him on we have had plenty of conversations that haven't been recorded and would have been uh, good podcasts yeah, have him on. and i have once played a hostage for keith <laughs> to train other hostage negotiators that was fun we two other improvisers from our team did that as well one of whom i fully believed was going to murder me with a butter knife during that session i'm literally texting leon right now because a rapper we love has just died shock g uh who did that uh otherwise known as humpty hump to date the timing of this uh, podcast recording for for the fans um so yeah again if you made it this far on the podcast put r.i.p shock g uh in the <laughs> in the comments just show your respect like that that's not a, that's not a for me thing that's a for him thing so like it's the least you could do great i don't know if this has been like a good episode <laughs> like i'm sorry <laughs> i feel like i've just like, said a bunch of sad things uh for me it was a good episode but what would the <laughs> think you're increasing those numbers <laughs> i have faith in you and <laughs> like and also have faith in, you, in me because it's the guests to bring who bring the people so yeah the last last thing because we've been recording now for an hour and two minutes an hour, i guess exactly so i need to let you go because i told you i will only keep you for an hour uh the last last thing i'm going to ask you about is if you have any plugs <laughs> so it's the thing that you need to do it's sell yourself you need to be brave now uh i mean you can do my plugs <laughs> that's not being brave Shem. <laughs> Right, so I host a podcast uh, that Mariana has been a guest on. Got got way more <laughs> listens. <laughs> Your episode was very popular; like it did, it did well. Called Hot Cost for Trash. You may have heard. You've almost definitely heard the episode with Lindsay Manel. You've almost certainly heard the episode with Rachel Chada, and you've almost certainly heard the episode with Chloe Hale. Three fantastic trash people, uh, and I am the fourth. I, I'm the token straight man. I think they keep me because I, I have a professional Zoom account so I can record. Uh, that's how I worked my way in there to that lesbian cabal. It's very exciting. That's the main thing I do. I also uh, write and produce comedy with the foundation uh, at the now deceased uh, <laughs> up by Citizens Brigade Theatre. Um, we just went rogue. We just do stuff out in the world. Um, so that's, you know, that's a thing I'm doing. I'm on Instagram at my show called Life. Mostly, mostly check out my stories. That's where the real heat is because I have to commit to them. Uh, there's a few videos I post from time to time, but it's mostly just 
a picture of something and then a sardonic comment, uh, <laughs> which a few people will like send me like clap faces or happy faces to. It's interesting um, to like watch what works and what doesn't. I have a paid, I have a professional Instagram account, so I can see uh, the the reach and how few people are interacting with my content, uh, and it's it's great. <laughs> I did forget that you were completing my trash. Uh. I told you, you could have just, uh, quadrilogy, uh, you could have had all four of us on at the same time and had like a chaotic people screaming about bravery. And you still can. You can just invite all four of us on for an hour to just scream about you, about what we think is brave. And you'd get like a very different take on Rachel's fascinating uh, upbringing stories. The walkie talkie thing was very cute. <laughs> I like texted there afterwards, like, good Lord, that, that story, wow. <laughs> Rachel's the best. Like, I don't say enough how much... I always say how much I love Chloe. I don't say how much how much I love Rachel. Rachel's also fantastic. Uh, she did a short um, web series called Supporting that is out on YouTube and, like, Instagram. She wrote and directed the whole thing. It's fantastic. Uh, really cohesive and fun. Just, yeah, just a talent, a true talent. All of Trash are great. I listen to the podcast every monday morning i'm i don't know if i'm one of the first people to listen to it because i get it uh in the uk <laughs> uh, uh before you guys wake up uh, no we have a global audience we're doing very well thank you but it's okay <laughs> how many how many listeners? Uh, uh, I, I just <laughs> uh and i just giggle a lot so uh, it's a good way to start the week yeah if you're listening to if this is your first interaction with me i'm normally funny i'm sorry <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest at my podcast. What is that intro going to be? What's she going to say in the <laughs> intro? Okay, uh, thank you for having me. Your last chance. <laughs> Just, I, can't, I can only <laughs> giggle. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop recording. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Beats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are on podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Feijó. Until next week.